0: everybody. I'm Kate Conroy.
1: And I'm Vanessa Vitello.
0: And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They are the official sponsor of the show, and they do home, auto, and workers' comp.
1: Just a couple of housekeeping matters before we get started. This podcast is available anywhere you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's TuneIn. We even throw these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch than listen. But no matter how you watch or listen, make sure to show the show some love. You know, give it that five-star review on iTunes, like it on YouTube, comment on Facebook, whatever you got to do to let us know you're out there and you're having fun. With all that out of the way... Our guest today, also from Wedgwood Pharmacy. We just had um, a couple episodes ago, Jacqueline Withers on. But today from Wedgwood Pharmacy, we have Randy Burrows. Say hi, let the audience hear your voice.
2: Uh, good afternoon. Or morning.
0: Or <laughs> it's uh, afternoon when we're recording, so good afternoon. Uh,
1: it's like what they say with the drinks, like it's five o'clock anywhere or somewhere, you know. like somewhere, absolutely. It's good afternoon somewhere. Uh,
0: exactly exactly um okay so today's um icebreaker is uh the same as it's been for i i think since the pandemic started i've just sort of settled into this this question i finally but,
1: made a complaint about it and kate got so mad at me <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> i was like stop it don't don't take this from me i like it <laughs> all right so what are you currently binging and this can be um it can be books movies uh television food um i can go first randy if you want to go first
2: I, I can go first because we we just started binging the blacklist on netflix netflix and i gotta tell you it is disturbing <laughs> on many levels but it's one of those things that you can't quit watching and uh james Fader is phenomenal and uh the writers are doing a great job there's twists and turns so it's yeah. very addicting we didn't watch it the first time around there's quite a few seasons but it's uh what well, we're binge watching now the blacklist
0: yeah yeah it's got to be like 10 seasons in at this point is and, it still and,
2: and yeah i'm just almost through season one and it's just, so we just get started yeah.
0: that is a really good season lots of twists and turns if i remember correctly yes.
2: yeah
0: yeah all right good for you good for you i am uh, i just finished reservation dogs on hulu which was fantastic it's about like these four native american kids growing up on a reservation in oklahoma and doing everything they can to like get out they you know they look around their community and they're just like man there's nothing for us here we want to get out of here we're trying to like put some money together and get a car and like go to california because they think California's just going to solve all their problems and it's just it's such a it's such a great show because it really um i think it shows when you're in that teenage, the early teenagers uh, of of being a kid, and you just are unhappy and everything, and you you just need to get out of where you're at, and it's just I don't know, really great storytelling. Taika Waititi is one of the executive producers, and I I think I could watch him read the phone book. I just love him. He's
1: great. <laughs> I uh, I started watching that one. I I finished the first season. I think they only have the one up. Yep. And I I started texting Kate at one point because it. I mean, she mentioned that like they they just pick California because they just think it would be better. Like, yeah, I think you're at like the last episode before they give any discernible reason whatsoever for why they even want to go to California. Because prior <laughs> to that, it's just like, yeah, whatever. California sounds nice.
0: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's too funny. Anyway, uh, it's a great it's a great show. If they I had you-
1: me hooked on that one. Um, I want to say it was like the first episode. They they steal like a truck of like <laughs> Cheetos or something. And um they don't know how to, you know, like. At the back of a truck, there's the ramp, like the metal ramp that, you know, you pull in and out of the truck. They don't know how to put it back in. So it's just dragging behind them as they're, like, driving the truck away. And they pass right by the cops. And the only reason they don't get caught is because, like, the cop is, like, messing around on his phone or something. You know, he doesn't even look up to see this, like, train wreck of a theft going on.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great slice of life for a very small-town Americana, I think. You know, cool. anyway, Vin, what are you uh, binging?
1: I've been doing that. Well, I just finished the Squid Game on uh, oh. Netflix. Oh.
0: And
1: it's interesting. Was- it's sort of like Saw meets The Hunger Games.
0: <laughs> yeah, That's I, what
2: saw, was, yeah. I saw Saturday Night Live skit on it. I didn't understand it. I, yeah. I, I've got to go watch the Squid Game. Absolutely. I didn't understand that you it. Yeah.
1: You know what's funny about that SNL thing? I, Kate, did you watch the SNL thing? Uh-uh. So they gave like a straight up like episode for episode season recap in that like <laughs> three or four minute skit. like, And yeah. I, I thought that was funny because um we reached this point where it's just assumed everyone not only watched the thing, but binged the thing and finished the thing. So, of course, it's like totally fine to just, you know, spoil the entire spoil season. It. Yeah. And like, it's funny because here we are. This is a little like slice of life microcosm. There's three of us. One of us watched it, you know, so.
0: Well, now I think I'm going to go watch the SNL sketch because that'll give me the recap that I need in order to participate in conversations like this without having to watch the, the horror show.
1: It's uh, not horror though. You should totally watch it. Cause I, Kate doesn't do scary stuff. Yeah. I would not call squid games horror or scary. It's like, completely voluntary
0: yeah but you you, know? you compared it to saw and i am not somebody who could watch saw. it's
1: i say saw because there are these like elaborate death traps that they set up and um but it's not in that horror gore kind of way like if somebody gets killed seven times out of ten it's off screen you know um and and sometimes there's like a deliberate reason for that you know like some characters might come back later because they might not really have died <laughs> You know, yeah. but like usually, it's just that I don't think they want to do like the gratuitous gore and horror thing. Like it's not intended to be scary. Yeah. There is social commentary here, you know, if you want to find it. It's one of those kinds of things, yeah.
2: Got it. So, did either of you watched Night Perfect Strangers? Because that was yeah. another one that was just finished, and I'm not sure what genre that would be in. It was kind of it wasn't horror. It was it was psychological thriller, like yeah. drama, but that was pretty good too. Yeah, it I'm was. The book
0: was great. I, uh, I read the book about three or four months ago. And so when I saw that Hulu was coming out with the movie, I was very excited and there were some deviations, but for the most part, I thought it was really entertaining. Like I think I could watch the opening credits of that on, on a loop because they were just so <laughs> psychedelic is the only word I can think of, which makes sense given the content.
1: Hmm. Yeah. All right. But speaking of squids and other adorable animals, Tell us what you do for uh, Wedgwood Pharmacy.
2: Sure, what would you like to know, or where would you start?
1: (laughs) Let's start with what you do. Well, I'm uh,
2: technically the uh, Director of Business Development at Wedgwood Pharmacy, and I've been there 18 years. Uh, Wedgwood Pharmacy is the largest specialty compounding pharmacy in animal health in the United States. We service about 85% of uh, veterinary hospitals in
1: the United States uh, on a monthly basis, hundreds of thousands of pet parents and customers,
2: And we compound we make specialty medications that are not available from an FDA manufacturer. So if you need something really specific for a small cat or a large dog, or it comes in a pill that your dog won't take, your cat won't take, we'll put it in a different formulation or route of administration or access. It makes it easier for the parent to treat their uh, their pets. Um, A lot of drugs become unavailable from a commercial perspective and we can continue to make them so that veterinarians can continue the appropriate therapy and treat their, their pets. We're a pretty important part of the animal health industry at this point, um, providing medications for just you know millions of pets in 2020, 20.6 million households got a new pet during COVID. So veterinary medicine right now is just exploding. Of course, you can imagine that's brought along its own set of challenges. Um, from stamping to hours to just you know getting the pets in and out the door and stuff like that, but it's uh, you know many many industries and businesses suffered a lot during COVID. Veterinary medicine have challenges, but they certainly didn't suffer from demand from the brand perspective. Wedgwood's there to provide that medication for them. So um, I manage a lot of our um, uh, corporate partners, our strategic partners, and I'm also involved in government affairs and public relations at both the state level and the federal level. So. It's kind of a synopsis there.
0: Did you say 20 million households in the United States got a new pet during COVID? Was that the number, 20 million?
2: 20.6 million households got a new pet, but as some analytics came out, about 24% of those were actually rehomed pets. So about 24%, but that's still 5 million still removed from a household that could no longer keep them to another pet. So it wasn't a new pet in the veterinary market universe, but there's still 15 million households that they say actually got a new. There were were shelters, no-kill shelters, the one on Long Island, which is called, I think, the North Shore Animal Shelter. It's pretty famous. Howard Stern's wife, Beth, is a big advocate for that. First time in history, they were empty. They didn't have a pet to adopt, so people were working from home. They had your children. They have time, so they all went out and got dogs and cats.
1: (laughs) It's kind of funny when you think about the wide spectrum of experiences during COVID. Like I, I, I was thinking back to you know kind of my life over the last year and a half, and one more responsibility on the top of the pile was just not something that was was not. not Yeah, but. (laughs) But I, I, guess, I think back yeah. to like those early COVID times where I was watching all the videos of people like setting up those elaborate Rube Goldberg domino sets like <laughs> down their stairs yeah. and around the corner and just wishing I had that kind of free time. And it, I, it makes sense. Like, I guess there there were a lot of people out there who were, you know, very isolated, a lot of uh, free time. You know, I, I guess I mean, it n- makes sense.
2: A number of our employees went out and got new puppies or adopted pets. Um, we have one, uh, person that works for us. And they actually fly dogs up from North Carolina. She fosters them and then finds home. There's not enough animals in the Northeast to adopt. So they're bringing them up from the Southeast.
1: So I imagine uh, your it, company though is very specific. Like I gotta, I, I would wonder what the, um the average number of pets your employees have is like, you know, like if you're in the animal, you know, medicine field, I, I bet you really love animals. And like your average employee probably has like four cats.
2: I don't know, but I do you know what that number is, but we have a lot of pets, and all of our materials, if you go to our public-facing website, there's all pictures of our employees and their pets. In fact, we just did a new photo shoot of just recently, um, where everybody brings it, and it takes like three or four days, and they bring all that. We have a professional photographer do it, both for the horses, and dogs, and cats, and they do some wonderful photography, but on our website, those are all, and all of our marketing materials, everything that we send out, those are actual Wedgwood Pharmacy employees with their pets and there are a lot you are correct <laughs> but i think you should make a calendar
1: and not one of those 12 month calendars i'm talking about the daily calendar yeah. where you rip off a page and every single page is one of your employees and their pets, or just place. the pets i that yeah. would have a lot broader appeal
2: <laughs> yeah kristen cole who works at, in california for us lives in santa monica she's got about eight or nine cats she's a real cat person and a certified uh, feline behaviorist so she works with other people on their cat behavior problems all the time does webinars and seminars for veterinary practices on cat behavior.
1: Yeah, so they have a lot, multiple dogs.
0: <laughs> that's incredible.
2: Yeah. Hey,
1: weren't you up to like sixteen at some point?
0: I you know, I knew that you were gonna go there. <laughs> I at one point I had eight, but four were inside and I had a big house, and four were outside. And then things changed and life moved on, and now I've got now I've got two. And that's, that's a, that's plenty. Well, I will say
2: for some of our state and federal legislatures that have visited our facility in Wedgwood, they all knew Wedgwood uh, because they all have pets. And one uh, actually, um, uh, Congressman LoBiondo, before he retired came and he was picking up medication for his dog the same day he came and visited and toured our facility. So um, it's pretty, pretty interesting business, that's for sure. That's
0: Fantastic, wow. I'm still boggled over, how many how many people got pets i'm still thinking about that 20 million that's just it's blown my mind but um my gosh okay so i i remember correctly from jackie's episode um you have a huge number of employees who have been with you for a really long time right
2: we have uh, a company was started by george and lucy Malmberg in 1981 and the third employee that they hired uh, her name is Norma Miller. Um, she is still with the company in a supervisory role. She was pregnant when she was hired, and her daughter now is uh, one of our supervisors in the lab. So yeah. we have multiple employees that are approaching 20 years or over. I've been there 18 years myself. I think Jacqueline's been there just a little bit less than I have. Um, but it's, the company's really grown. When I joined them in 2003, um, I was employee number 30. Three zero. Wow. And now we have uh, in one location, six thousand square feet in Sewell, New Jersey, was a small little strip mall. And now uh, we've grown from that humble beginnings to um four locations nationwide, 750 employees. So right. I was number 30. Marcy Bliss was the fourth employee. She is now our CEO. She joined us as our marketing manager, another hire that was pregnant at the time. Um, Lucy Malberg met her, as a, Lucy Malberg was a board member of the Red Cross in Wilmington, Deb, Delaware when Libby Dole was uh, the CEO, Marcy was a marketing person and she met Marcy and fell in love with her and hired her. Marcy, who's going to hire me when I'm eight months pregnant? So she hired Marcy. They had, I think they, Marcy's number was 11. She was the, like the 11th all-time employee and she has stayed with the company and been a huge part of our growth and is now the CEO. Of, uh, of 750 employees, and we're in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, Denver, Colorado, and San Jose, California, right now. Well, our main facility is Swedesboro, New Jersey, and Gloucester County. We employ about uh, I guess there are almost 400 employees in South Jersey at this point in time. The majority of our workforce is in uh, South Jersey. So.
0: Fantastic. And what what would you say is your favorite part of the of the job? Because you have like a whole umbrella full of stuff that you do. What is your favorite thing to do all day?
2: Well, I. All day. <laughs>
0: in a day. I, in a day. Well,
2: I came from a sales role and I just love the our customers. You know, for many years before I was in management or in this type of position, I just, you know, I was at a veterinary clinic or when we I was in the equine business, I was at a racetrack or a horse farm or a horse show. And I just I, I just they're just such a wonderful, wonderful community, the veterinary community. Um, they're just wonderful people. You know, most of them went to most of them went into veterinary medicine because they love animals, not because they want to be in business. And, um, you know, things have changed a lot. I've been in the animal health industry for over 30 years. Um, and, you know, now there are a lot of changes taking place. Veterinarians really have to keep up with the changes, you know, the home delivery model. Everybody wants everything at home now. They don't want to go see their veterinarian. And, um, so well, it's especially
1: of- now, I would imagine, you know.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And millennials are the largest group of pet owners and um, um, they spend more money on their pets than anybody else. So, you know, it's a whole different group that they're marketing to now or treating or servicing than they were even 15 years ago. So I'm a But my favorite part is still working with the vets, going to the meetings, interacting with the veterinarians and, uh, and going out and, and being where the animals are. So I don't get to do that very often, but that's still one of my favorite parts.
1: Of I was going to say the money spending thing is probably like Instagram and everything. The the big mantra I hear from my entire generation is I work so that my pet can have a better life and everything. <laughs> and as soon as you see like Kate on Instagram with like some new awesome thing for her pet, you're like, all right, well now my pet is like miserable cuz yeah. he doesn't have, you know, uh, like that awesome thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did just buy the um the automatic feeder so that I put in two weeks worth of food in the, the reservoir and every morning at, at six o'clock they get their kibble kind of pushed out. It, it's a game changer. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> That's game
1: pretty changer. cool. That's like one of those things. You remember in the movies, like I mentioned the Rube Goldberg machine before, like, like Pee Wee Herman and like Doc Brown would have those things that like would feed the cat and feed the dog and it would be like 14 different steps. I'm sure yours is just push a button and it does it. But yeah,
0: that's yes. But I always think of Doc Brown and uh, Einstein. That yes. was his dog, right? Or Copernicus? That was
1: the Copernicus was his dog. Copernicus was the one in the 50s and yes. Einstein was the one in the 80s. So well done. I, I would not have expected you to pull that out. <laughs>
0: no, I really can't remember it either. But yeah, every single time it goes off, I think of Doc Brown and I think of that uh, that contraption that he built. <laughs> so I know that in um, people medicine, telehealth has become a pretty big deal during COVID. Has that impacted your industry as well or or no?
2: Well, it's starting to, and there are a number of companies that have raised millions and millions of dollars that have brick-and-mortar locations, but they also want to offer 24-7 telemedicine um, uh, providing services 24-7 to their clients. Um, It gets a little sticky when we talk about crossing state lines, you know, and whether you actually have to have a relationship or actually physically see the patient before you write a prescription. And then there, it, it gets even more complicated than that. You don't want somebody in Arkansas looking at your cat in Florida and writing a prescription when he's not licensed in the state of Florida. But these other groups, uh, there's one on Long Island, there's one in Manhattan that come to mind right off the top of my head, where they raise millions of dollars to expand, and so they're providing those services to their customers. And it's really a kind of a triage. You know, you uh, you can call them up or contact them with video, and if your pet really is sick and needs to go to the clinic, they'll say you need to take them to the clinic right now. A lot of times it's it's a derm problem or you know some minor problem and they can resolve it right on the telemedicine. So um, some veterinarians are against it because they think that's going to stop them from bringing the pets in. But I think as a whole, telemedicine is here to stay. It's been very very productive uh, on a number of different levels in human medicine. The company teledocs the largest in the world, and virtual healthcare in Central New Jersey, they've really really embraced it and. Um, um, I think in some way, shape or form, it's gonna be here for veterinary medicine for the next, in the next five years, we'll see a whole different uh, view of that.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then did you say at, um, in one of our previous conversations that you're able to um, talk to your, your clients and sort of counsel them in a way that, that hadn't been before COVID?
2: Uh, well, we all, we've always had pharmacists on the phone because they have to review every script to make sure that it's, um, that it's correct. Even some doctors will write a script. You know, we, they, we have to take things. It's just like human medicine. We have to know the species, the age, the weight, to make sure that the, uh, the doses is correct. So we've always had a number of pharmacists that are on the phone. Um, but we also do patient counseling. So, you know, uh, pet owners can call in and speak with a pharmacist anytime they need to, to talk about the medication for their pets, their side effects. And we offer that 24-7. It's not actually telemedicine, but you can call 3 a.m. Uh, and uh, it'll route to somebody with a cell phone who will wake up in bed and answer your questions about your med- your pet's medication. Wow, yeah.
0: that's yeah. like better customer service than most doctors' offices. That's incredible, well, right?
2: right? <laughs> yeah. you want to go down that road.
0: <laughs> You're right. Sorry. Yeah,
2: yeah, trying to get a doctor's appointment. The um, the I think the average time in the United States now for a person to get an appointment with their doctor is 21 days. So you know that right. you can get you can get your cat in the seat of vet much quicker than that. You know, so uh, in a lot of ways, veterinary medicine's ahead of the curve. (laughs)
0: Definitely. Wow, okay, so on that note, I think we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna play a game.
2: Okay.
0: And we're back, and it is now time to play Awful or Awesome, which today is brought to you by One Team Financial. I'm going to name three things, and we all have to quickly decide if they're awful or awesome, and be prepared to defend our answers. Ready? Ready? First up, roundabouts and jug handles. And I should say, I am not originally from New Jersey, and I know that uh, Randy is not originally from New Jersey. And so there was a certain amount of culture shock that um, was part of my life when I first discovered roundabouts and jug handles. So I'm going to go ahead and say awful. Sorry, no tea, no shade to my fellow New Jerseyans. I love you. I hate your roadways. Just going to say awful.
1: Wow. I'm going to go with awesome. I don't know. I, um, I guess it's all I know, you know, I, I guess I'm not originally from New Jersey, but I have, I've never driven, like I got my driver's license, you know, at the point where I lived in New Jersey, just about all my life. I remember every time I've gone driving in Philadelphia and the GPS tells me to take like a left and I do it. And then 20 feet later, it's like, take another left. And I'm like, wait, that's four lanes away. Are you trying to kill me? Like, how am I supposed to get across four lanes in 20 feet? That's why we have Jug Handles in New Jersey, so that you can safely make those kinds of like, four lane crossings from the farthest lane to the right, you know? You're not taking into account that she can
0: recalculate. If you can't get across four lanes safely, she'll just recalculate. That's
1: absolutely what happened because there was no way I was gonna get across four lanes. I don't
2: know. Well, it sounds like a personal problem. I, I gotta give it some thought, because, and I have to kind of split my answer because roundabouts I've come to get along with, and, and it was amazing because they were taking them out and now they're putting them back in, yeah. you know, in different parts of the state. And uh, But jug handles are awful. They're just the worst. they it's the absolute worst. When I, first, when I first came to New Jersey, I was in North Jersey up on Route 17, and I would try to be going someplace, and I would drive by and go like this. <laughs> You know, and I have to go half a mile. It just seemed insane. And the way we had to do that on the stop. So so uh, roundabouts, okay. Maybe not awesome, but the uh, jug handle's awful.
0: I'll take it.
1: I can only imagine that the reason they took them out and took them back in is because in New Jersey, we have this thing that we love to complain. And so we probably complained enough until they were like, fine, you want to cut across four lanes? Go ahead. And then we were like, well, wait a minute, though. <laughs> it probably was better the other way. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
0: I don't know about that. Okay, next up, gender reveal parties. And uh, this is on here because uh, Vinny and I were talking recently about one of the California wildfires and realized that one of those fires was started by a gender reveal party. And then we were like, was the baby born? What, like, is the fire still going to be going when this kid is in college? Like, it just seemed like the gender reveal parties, I think, in theory are awesome, but in practice, they're just getting so big and overblown, they've become awful because they're just creating these natural disasters now.
1: I don't know if they happen anymore. I Maybe really? because of COVID, but that oh. one started, I think that wildfire started just before COVID or maybe in the early COVID, so that coupled with the pandemic, like I can't imagine anybody still doing it, but I, I don't know. Fingers crossed. I obviously they're awful. I, <laughs> like, I think even the person who invented them was like, seriously, I, I regret this. Please leave me <laughs> <laughs> like alone. Like, yeah. I've
2: never actually attended one, so I hate to be ambivalent again. But you know, most of the young couples that we know are having kids are either just letting us know ahead of time or they're waiting till the baby's born. And, and, yeah. You know, so nobody that who knows, because I personally haven't been involved in anybody that's thrown a big to who, but that thing in California where they started the fire, I think they were doing it outside because it was COVID and they had fireworks. I think that's what started the fire and, you know, in a place that hasn't had rain for 200 days, that was a real good idea, you know? No, so, that was, that was yeah. dumb. That was
1: yeah, dumb. That was
2: not right.
1: that was yeah. Dumb. I did see a really good one online, and I think it might have even been from New Jersey, but I'm sorry if I'm wrong on that. They, um, the couple were big professional wrestling fans, so their friends made a ring, and they had two people fighting each other, one in pink and one in blue, and whoever won, that was going to be like what the baby was. And they did such a good job with the theatricality of it, because like, every time you would think one of them was going to win, they'd like kick out, and you'd be like, oh, and yeah. like, I don't even know these people, and I want to know what their baby is going to be. And then finally, like somebody just slips a chair in, and like you know, the boy just like smacks the the girl one across the face with it while the rest's not looking. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> that's a good idea. Half of California didn't need to burn down for that. You know, sure. we do everything better in Jersey. <laughs> I don't know
0: about that. <laughs> I'd like to redirect us to roundabouts and jug handles, but um, like I
1: said, you know, you don't have to turn left across four lanes. We did it better. Ever. that's why they brought Whenever. them back <laughs> I,
0: okay so i have never attended a gender reveal party either and mm. i don't know that i ever need to because
1: i think that's because we just have good friends <laughs> we didn't we
0: have, have anybody friends. who uh
1: thought to do this
0: <laughs> i love it oh my god okay so the last one is sky mall does do you remember what sky mall is does everybody know vinnie you're shaking your head randy you know what sky mall is tell yeah. Vinny what sky mall is
2: SkyMall was a magazine in Continental Airlines and maybe I guess other airlines maybe too where it had just all kinds of things that you could buy. And when you got really bored on your flight, you'd probably look at it two or three times and look at every page, household, clothes, gadgets, luggage. You know, just it had just an array of stuff and you could buy it right online. I mean, buy it right, you could order it right there.
1: there yep, so not the just plane. stuff that you would need on the plane. No, no,
2: no, no uh, exactly all kinds of electronic gadgets and equipment yeah. and uh you know clothes and exercise <laughs> and stuff but a lot of it was a lot of it was travel related though you know exercise equipment you could take and exercise in your hotel room and yeah. things like that but it was uh, it had some really cool stuff yeah
0: it was the first thing that i that i looked at after i sat down i would grab it from the seat pocket in front of me and i would immediately start flipping through it and it was just it was so fun. I can't, I can't believe that one day I was flipping through it and they had um, an oriental rug and I was like, what yeah. person is going to purchase an oriental rug sight unseen from this airplane magazine, but they did. It was just fascinating. It was you have really
2: two fun. pages wow. of Harry Potter memorabilia. You could, yeah. bonds, you could buy the necklace that the elves wore. you yes. know, that was. this
1: is like relatively cool. recent then not even
2: oh yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. within so, the last yeah. five or ten years at least i don't oh, know absolutely. when they stopped yeah. doing it but they stopped
1: yeah
0: yeah anyway i i'm full-on awesome I'm yeah
2: awesome sky mall yeah great. i don't know I what to it. tell
1: you i uh I, I either never saw one or i was never on a flight with one i i don't do a lot of flying so i i plus how i'm that guy that you know my entire carry-on bag is like 10 devices that I'll probably never even get around to using on the flight. But just in case, it's like my 3DS, my Vita, my tablet, my Kindle. It's all there, you know.
0: How, how have you been to Disney World for every family vacation, but you've not been flying enough? I don't fly. How? No, you know what it
1: is? My um, my dad was a, a train dispatcher, a train master for Amtrak. And so we rode the trains for free. So they always thought that, that would be a good idea to ride the train from Jersey to Florida. Um, actually, I think... Yeah, it was like Jersey to Florida, and then there were other times when we wanted to take the car, so you would drive to Virginia, put the car on the train, and then go from Virginia to Florida. Wait, Yeah. I
0: have two, I have two follow-up questions. First of all, <laughs> did, you the, did you get the sleeper cars when you yeah. would, like,
1: yeah. that's
0: amazing, I've always wanted to do that. Second, <laughs> you, can put, you can put your car on the train?
1: Yeah. yeah. It's not a fantastic idea, but like, it was like um, 20 hours though, once you put your car in the train, it's
2: still like 20 hours to get to. Yeah. yeah
1: so it's, it's awful. Cause um, yeah, first of all, like again. I would never do that. Like I was young, you know, I would never put my car on a train because the, the train like moves and um, there were times where, you know, big scratches would happen and, yeah. I guess they say they'll reimburse you for it. I don't remember, you know, but it, it was it, – I, I would not think of it was a good idea. And then
2: Plus, it didn't go all the way it's south, the there. There. like, middle of Florida. So if you got off, you still had to drive someplace once you got
1: yeah. there. Yeah, Plus, place. imagine, like, when you're on the plane and you have to wait for everybody to get off. It's kind of like that. You have to wait for everybody to get off the train, and then you have to wait for every car to get off the train. Yeah. And that's just awful.
0: You're blowing my mind. I need to think about this. This is just <laughs> –
1: just rent a I, car when you get there. That's Vinny's advice uh, of the day.
0: You know? I can't believe that it's an option though. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, I need to talk I don't to know if they quality. still do
1: it. I imagine they do, you know, like you oh, have people oh, who really yeah. love those cars and you know, they oh, can't be awesome. without it. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the game, which is brought to us by One Team Financial. Um, mm-hmm. Randy, earlier in the, the show, you were talking about how you guys have amazing retention at Wedgwood Pharmacy. What's your secret?
2: Well, I, I think it's just because the culture that's been created there over the years, George and Lucy Mullenberg, um, Lucy, Lucy actually came. She was a upper-level executive at DuPont uh, that left her job at DuPont to come, and she'd been there for a number of years. George was a, they were both pharmacists. They went to the University of Sciences in Philadelphia. They both graduated. That's the oldest pharmacy school in the United States, and um, they just developed a culture that was very family oriented, uh, but Lucy brought a very um, sophisticated business acumen to putting it together. So I think when you combine those two things, um, it just it's just been a wonderful environment. It's a wonderful company to work for. The benefits are just exemplary. Um, we've always got open positions, and now that the company's grown to the size that it has, there's a lot of uh, there's a great career path. You know, we have people that have started in, you know, washing beakers and then they've moved up to become pharmacy techs. We've actually had uh, pharmacy techs come and work a number of years and then leave and go and become pharmacists. Go back to pharmacist school when they graduated, come back and get a job as a pharmacist at Wedgwood Pharmacy. We've got inside salespeople that have graduated and gone on to outside sales positions or gone into marketing. So, you know, it's a place where you can start and actually grow and have a career. Um, the benefits package, like I said, it's wonderful. We uh, participate with Gloucester County Community College program down there. We're the largest participant in all of Gloucester County. We send more uh, employees, children to, to school and help with the tuition assistance program than any other business there. And we always have open positions. We are always hiring across the board from entry level up to pharmacists, up to you know quality control people. Um, so with a company that's grown and we continue to grow, we just got bought our second round of private equity funding and, or private equity acquisition in April 1st. So the company we're still in an, ex, an extremely uh, growth mode, where the company's going to continue to grow uh, the next three to five years. It's going to be very very exciting at Wedgwood Pharmacy to see where we go go from here. So
1: that's amazing. If somebody wants to get a hold of you. How can they do it?
2: Uh, get a hold of me personally or Wedgwood <laughs> Pharmacy.
1: Either way, uh, let's do both. Let's do how can they get a hold of you and how can they um, score one of these awesome job applications for Wedgwood Pharmacy? If, I, if
2: want. somebody wants to get a hold of me, it's very easy. Mike. <laughs> My cell phone is 609 439 7682. That's 609 439 7682. They're interested in a job I could, or the company, or just want note of you. My uh, email at Wedgwood Pharmacies That's rburrows at wedgwoodpharmacy.com. Um, all the jobs are posted on our public-facing website, and there's a process you go through. But if anybody is interested in a job, they can certainly go online and see what's available. And if they want to call me to ask me about the company, the opportunity, or anything like that, feel free to, um, yeah, feel free to contact me. I'd be more than happy to speak
1: with you. Very cool,
0: fantastic. I think that that is our show. Thank that you.
2: Is, yeah. okay, well, thank this you. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for inviting me. Really, thank was- you.
0: It was our pleasure. Um, Thank you to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We really appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out if if you have a need for updated coverage. And finally, thanks to Randy Burrows from Wedgwood Pharmacy for joining us today.